Hey guys, uh, as you guys know, uh, if you listened to the last episode, I talked about how there was going to be no new episode of Politics Weekly this week, mainly because we want to focus on the 50th episode, which is coming next week. Um, so we w- we did go on hiatus this week for that reason. Um, so, uh, but I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about a few things. First of all, I didn't want to... Uh, leave you guys hanging. I decided since the one year anniversary was, I think, last week, um, to sort of have that a, a small celebration uh, of both the fiftieth anniversary and the uh, the one year event. Uh, I've decided to uh, re-upload uh, episode one of Politics Weekly. I know many of you are new listeners, and so you haven't been listening since we started last year. So, for that reason, uh, here you go. You can listen to the very first episode right here uh, of Politics Weekly. Uh, Just go right ahead. Um, But I also wanted to talk about a few other things. Now, those who listen to Politics Weekly quite often will know I don't give my opinions. I try and make it about the guests um, and the guests' opinions. Um, but that wasn't how this show worked at the beginning. Uh, at the beginning, I would give my opinions, uh, and I want to tell you guys that a lot of, I, I would say actually most of my opinions in this one episode that you're going to hear, um, are not the opinions I have now, but I just wanted to let you guys know of that, um, uh, because obviously, as you may know, I don't typically talk about my opinions. At the beginning, it was a different show format, so I just wanted to let you guys know that. And many of the opinions on the show, in fact, most, I no longer hold. Um, but uh, there were some other things I wanted to talk about um, as well. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about the um, the uh, 50th episode. I want to talk about some of the guests that are scheduled to be on. Right now, it's scheduled to be a four-person roundtable. Um, uh, we're going to have Omar Yacobi back. We're going to have Rayshawn Biden back. We're supposed to have conservative Latino back. And we're supposed to have Jack Bergeson back on. So that should all be fun. Uh, and there will be other fun things. There will be like a, a special intro. Uh, we'll also have a greatest uh, clips from Politics Weekly highlight. Um, and there are going to be three new uh, presidential profile 2020 episodes, so stay tuned for that because that's going to be big. Um, but there's also a brand new presidential profile uh, on this episode, so make sure to stay after this episode for a brand new presidential profile 2020 as well. Um, even though uh, even though this isn't a new episode, it's a rerun, but there will still be a new presidential profile 2020 so make sure to stay after for that um and finally also uh i promised you guys uh, a reaction to the 2020 democratic debates uh it has been recorded i am planning to drop it this friday so make sure uh to listen to that and obviously make sure to listen to uh, the 50th episode of Politics Weekly coming next Tuesday, July 8th. So, uh, I think that's all I had to say. Um, uh, also, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, for everybody listening on Apple Podcasts, if you guys could, uh, give us a five-star rating, that'd be great. Um, 
maybe leave a review. Um, and I think that's all uh, I have to say. Um, so without further ado, enjoy it, enough of my rambling. Enjoy episode one uh, of Politics Weekly. Thanks. You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. My uh, my first podcast. All right. With the uh, the global agenda. There you go. Yeah. So I was I was hoping for this to be the beginning of a uh, a new series called uh, Politics Weekly, okay. where I talk about uh, political news. Now I'm not sure what uh, what 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 would be your uh, political leanings. I mean, you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable with that. But no. Well, was the question one more time? Uh, what you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but what are your political leanings? My political remake, Re- no, your political your political leanings. Like, do you like? Are you like left leaning or right leaning? You don't have to answer the question if you don't oh, want oh, to. Because I, I, I don't mind answering that. I, man, I'm I'm like in between, really. I'm 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 in the middle. So okay. sometimes I may sometimes I may lean to the left, and sometimes I may lean to the right wing. But you know, it mm. all depends on. It all depends on whatever that topic is at hand, what's going on in 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 that in in politics at the time, of who yep. I lean towards on. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And, and and yeah, which one which one has has which one is making sense? Is it the left yeah. wing, the left wing, or the right wing? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you know, I'm, I'm in between, man. What about okay. you? Uh, I'm a well. I'm a libertarian minded. I'm registered as a Republican because I'm not really a fan of the Libertarian Party. But I am my my from an i from an i. How do I say this? My ideas tend to be more libertarian. They're based on the non-aggression principles. Okay. So that's mainly where I am. I'm mainly a libertarian, registered as a Republican. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so I found a uh, a few. I know we have a time limit on here, but I found a few topics we could talk about. Um, okay. that happened this week, um, okay. in terms of the news. Okay. So the first, the first one is the Trump North Korean summit. So, oh, wow. so, so what's your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a good, cause some people have been saying it's a good sign in the right direction and some yeah. other people say that not enough happened. So what, what right. are your thoughts on that? Man, I'm glad you brought that up to me. First and foremost, I just want to introduce myself again. I am Kevin Hezekiah with the Global Agenda Show. And uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to be able to talk to you about politics in America. Um, yeah. Because I also do a podcast show called The Political Corner. Every oh, Wednesday. Nice. I do a, every Wednesday night. I, that's on the uh, SRN Live uh, TV network. Um, huh. And I do The Political Corner. And one of my 
last week my my topic was uh Trump and Kim Jong un historical summit and and pretty much what I feel about that summit, you know, it's an amazing thing to see two people come together, especially two narcissists. Yeah. And, and, and two people, and two dictators, because to me, Trump is a dictator. That's yeah. what he wants to be. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, you know, I think, I really feel like, I feel it was a, a good thing. It, I really mm-hmm. feel that in my spirit, because I had to really go into my spirit last week when I was going down and, and, and really go and say, is this something good? Or is this something that's really just going to mess us up? Because you can't really trust Kim. You see what I'm saying? He may say he can do this and he'll do that, but you know, the whole time he plot. So, um, you know, I think, and I, and I feel this in my feel like it was good to, to have. I feel like yeah. Trump finally, finally, I can finally say, I can finally agree with something Trump has done that I feel is good and was well needed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, I'm not the that, I'm, that's how I'm I not, feel about that. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Trump either. I mean, there have been some things that I've I've given him credit for, but overall, I I haven't been a fan of him, especially on issues like trade. Um, but, um, I think in this, I think I'm with you on, on, on the North Korean summit. <clears throat> I think it's, um, a good, I think it is a good thing, but I do think, I think as a start, it's a good thing because, mm-hmm. um, I don't think the Korean war was, there was any way the Korean war was going to end in one night, but I think from oh, yeah. what we got out of it, especially with Trump send or with Kim Jong-un sending the remains of some of our some of the troops that died during the Korean war who were American over here for their families. I thought that was a good sign. That was a good gesture. Yeah. Trump does need to be careful though, and make sure that it's not a scenario where North Korea gets everything and America gets nothing. Exactly. Now, now, now I sort of feel that is coming into play because I'm looking at the changes that North Korea is getting and and everything looks very positive to them. That uh, and also as well as South Korea, and it's like they're all these these two countries are 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 becoming more seem like they're becoming more advanced than we are, and yeah, seem like seem like we're turning into like a little third world country now. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I feel where you're coming from with that. Yeah. The other thing that I do, well, and, and I will say uh, one thing Trump tweeted, which I don't think he should have tweeted, was when he said that, uh, th- that North Korea is no longer a nuclear threat. Um, as of this moment, North Korea is still very much a nuclear threat. It's going oh, yeah. to be, it's going to be if, if this does happen, if the best case scenario does happen, which we can only hope happens, it will take years until North Korea is no longer a nuclear threat. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, and that's why I said what I said earlier, that we have to, uh, you know, you have to be careful because, you know, Kim Jong-un could be plotting. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He could yeah. be plotting on us. 
and and you got to be careful and you don't know what that little young boy got you see what i'm saying yeah you really we really yeah. don't know what he got and he could have something that we don't know nothing about that can really come over here and do some damage yeah so I, well, I, and I, the, I, I feel you on that yeah and the only other thing i will say about trump which i thought was bad was that there was apparently video of him saluting a north korean general um mm -hmm. And frankly, I mean, if if Obama did anything like that, every Republican, every Republican's head would explode. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was extremely wrong because he's a he's he's a I mean, he's a very tight. I mean, this is a man who works for Kim Jong Un, who works for a tyrannical government and for Trump to salute him. I just thought that was un-American. Yeah. But see, you got to understand, man, and I'm not trying to make it into a, a racial a racial thing, but. It's all too about the 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 aspect of the color, uh, yeah. Because you know, with Obama being a black man, he you know yeah. it would be a different type of intake with 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 that uh, political party. You see what I'm saying? But then, but yeah. then that Trump can do it. You know, it's a skin color. But at the same time, I think that Republican Party is very scared of Trump. Yeah, and that's why they I, let him do whatever he wants to do because he's gonna come back. And he gonna do something to where he gonna find something to try to get rid of. Yeah. Well, and so, also if you if you look at um the uh, uh, what was it the um went right during the gun control debate, Trump actually said, uh, "Take the guns first, have due process second. If Obama said anything remotely similar to that, every single Republican would call him out. But, oh yeah. Yeah. But that's that's mainly all I have to say on North Korea. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say on that issue. Uh, no, nah, that's that's pretty much all I can say on North Korea too, as well. Yeah. So let's move on. So I'm not sure if you followed. Obviously, this year is a mid, is a midterm election, and on Tuesday they had five states with midterms. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you live in any of these states or if you followed any of these primaries, but they had primaries in Maine. Virginia, South Carolina, Nevada, and North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm in Virginia. So, yeah. You're in, oh, you're in Virginia. Uh -huh. Well, that, that was one of the main primaries I was going to bring up. Now, because I'm a libertarian Republican, and I mainly want to get more libertarians nominated on the Republican line. So uh -huh. if you were me, it was a bad night to be a Republican because the good news is, is they nominated Eric Brakey in Maine. Eric Brakey is a big libertarian republican and he supports decriminalizing cannabis completely like uh -huh. recreationally and medically um but in virginia there there were the republicans had two options in the senate race against tim kane because tim kane the guy who would have been vice president if hillary clinton had won mm -hmm. he was mm -hmm. running he's running for re-election in the senate and the republicans had two choices they could either nominate um uh, Nick Freitas, who's a Green Beret and a right. Libertarian Republican, right? Or they could have gone with Corey Stewart, who's a far right, alt right Confederate, pro Confederate guy. And unfortunately, they went with the latter. <laughs> Coming July 9th. I think that as a society, that's something that we should be striving. 50 episodes. I guess cautiously optimistic would be my view. Four unlikely guests. I feel like it's just. All purely political. One epic celebration. 
The 50th episode of Politics Weekly, an epic four-person roundtable celebration, coming July 8th on the Nolan Cleary Network on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. So, I could not find a co-host for this segment. Again, this is my first podcast, so excuse me for the nuances uh, when it comes to this. Uh, I got somebody to join me on this last podcast uh, for the last segment, but he got cut off. I didn't realize there was only a 10-minute time limit. But uh, right now, I'm going to talk about the next topic, uh, and hopefully for the topic after this, uh, I'll be able to get somebody else on uh, to talk about it. Um, but that's going to depend. But for right now, I'll just talk about this segment myself. Uh, this segment is about the 2018 midterms, the 2018 midterm elections. Um, so there were midterm elections in the states of Nevada, North Dakota, Virginia, Maine, and South Carolina. And uh, the good news is, in Maine, the Republicans nominated Eric Brakey, a man who I respect quite highly and fully endorse. Again, I'm a libertarian Republican, and he is a libertarian Republican, so I fully endorse Eric Brakey. Um, And he supports uh, the legalization of cannabis, and he was against the bombing uh, of Syria. So I fully endorse him. Um, But, but, with that being said, um, uh, the Republicans in Virginia had a chance to nominate Nick Freitas. They didn't. He is a Green Beret and a Libertarian Republican and a great man, but they didn't endorse him. They Instead, they voted for Corey Stort, a far-right, pro-Confederate racist. Um, that's not good. Uh, they also, <laughs> funny enough, nominated... Uh, what was his name? Um, oh yeah, in South Carolina, there was a house race. Mark Sanford is, uh, listen, I do not condone what happened in Argentina with Mark Sanford, but Mark Sanford, his voting record has been very good. He's an honest man and he's made up for his mistakes in the past. And for Trump to, uh, attack him, after Marla Maples on Argentina was ridiculous, um, and Republicans should have fought against Trump and voted for against Katie Arrington, but instead they voted in favor of Katie Arrington. So Mark Sanford lost the nomination. So it's like they're voting out libertarian Republicans, and I think the reason why is because Republicans are secretly Democrats. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean, okay, so um, what I mean by that is that Trump does not, how do I say this, Trump does not believe that, or here's what, I, here's what I'm trying to say. So republic sorry I got a notification that's why but um but republicans are spending democrats look at the omnibus spending bill extremely unconservative embarrassing 
but Republicans voted for it because secretly they aren't real conservatives. They are spend, spend, spend conservatives. And Trump just enabled them to do that. Trump did not say, that's bad. But the libertarian base of the Republican Party will keep them in place. They will keep Republicans conservative. And that is what the establishment Washington hates. Trump tries to say he's against the establishment. He is in bed with the establishment. If he wanted to drain the swamp, why do you think he... If he really cared about draining the swamp, why did he, uh, why did he appoint Jeff Sessions to be his attorney general? Why did he uh, get Gina Haspel to head the CIA? Why did he get Mike Pompeo as secretary of state? Why did he make John Bolton, crazy John Bolton, his national security advisor? Because they're swamp creatures and he likes that. He's manipulating people into thinking he's not the swamp. He is the swamp. And he enabled, he signed the omnibus spending bill into law. He signed it into law and it was unconservative. And this is why I think Republicans are going to suffer this year in the midterms. It's because they're being alienated. Trump is alienating the party. They are get you know, the real conservatives are going to feel alienated and they're not going to want to go out to vote. The liberals... They're all united. Yes, some progressives have problems, but the Republicans are far more divided because they are alienated by this Trump movement. And frankly, I think if Republicans aren't going to stand up to Trump, then the Republicans are going to suffer in November. That's all I have to say. Okay. Okay, so this segment is going to be about the New York governor's race. We're going to talk about the governor's race. Uh, so I'm here now with Omar Yacobi. Uh Hello there. Hi. So uh, you don't have to tell me this. Is- what are your political leanings? Like, are you like on the left to the right? Are you kind of like an independent thinker or like, what are your or like, are you like Green Party? Are you libertarian? Like, what would what would you say are your political leanings? If you're uncomfortable answering that, you don't have to. answer. Sure. I'm, I'm I would say I'm an independent uh, left leaning thinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm mainly a libertarian uh, registered on the Republican line um, and we can all have our opinions and uh, that's all good. So I'm not sure if you've heard anything about the New York governor's race. Um, it's currently in my state, but the reason I mention it is because it's been getting national attention because our current governor, Andrew Cuomo, he's kind of like a big democratic party favorite Mm -hmm. because he's the, um, he's the son of a former governor of New York. And he's also, uh, he also was, uh, the HUD secretary under Bill Clinton. Um, and he used to be married to one of the Kennedys. So, um, so, but this year, cause he's in the, he's in the end of his second term and he's running for a third term because here in my state, we have no term limits for governor. So he's running for a third term. Um, but he's facing primary challenge from Cynthia Nixon, who was on, who was an actress on the show, sex in the city. Oh, yeah. And she's more, she's more of like a Bernie progressive type. Okay. Um, and she's trying to run against Andrew Cuomo. Um, now, Andrew Cuomo is still favored to beat her in the primary. Um, 
but that's mainly why it's been getting attention is because an actor from Sex and the City is running, <laughs> and he's favored to beat her. But um, but what happened? Because he's favored to beat her by the Democrats because he's an establishment favorite. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: the Working Families Party. Because typically, what happens in my state is a bunch of th- there are third parties like the Working Families Party and the uh, the Conservative Party, and typically they don't nominate any people anymore they used to but they don't anymore because because they don't want candidates from each party to split the vote so now they are cross endorsing um uh they're they're trying to cross endorse candidates uh so but this year the work because typically what happens is the working families party will cross endorse the democrat and the conservative party will cross endorse the republican Mm -hmm. This year, the Working Families Party uh, is not cross-endorsing Andrew Cuomo. They're cross-endorsing the Sex and the City actress, Cynthia Nixon. So even if Cynthia Nixon loses the Democratic primary, which she probably will, she can still run in the general election on the Working Families Party line. Oh, I see. Um, So that's why it's getting a lot of attention. But it's shaping up to be like a, a, a three-way race between that, the Republican Mark Molinaro, and Andrew Cuomo, Cynthia Nixon uh, versus Andrew Cuomo versus Mark Molinaro. <laughs> but now there's this Green Party candidate who's really popular named Howie Hawkins. So he's running. Um, and he's uh, coming in uh, – and he so now he might make if he makes it competitive it might be a four way race but now there's this other guy I might have try and have him on my show at some point his name is Larry Sharp mm-hmm. he came close to being Gary Johnson's running mate in 2016 but he's running for the uh he he has the Libertarian Party nomination here in New York so he's running for governor on the Libertarian line and he's actually coming in second in the uh, in the polls behind Cuomo, narrowly behind Cuomo. Oh, wow. So um, it might be a five way race. I'm not sure. Have you followed any of this, or? So I, I think I saw a couple of stories on Facebook about the Sex and the City star, uh, maybe Mark Molinari, but yeah, I, I haven't followed it too closely because I'm on I'm on the West Coast. So yeah, yeah but I look so, into it more. Do, uh, do you like live in California or like Arizona? Yeah, I'm, I'm here in Oakland. Oh, you're, oh, you're in Oakland. Yep. Okay. So you have a governor's race this year. We do. Yeah, and I heard a Republican ended up getting on the uh, the ballot there because it, it's going to be Gavin Newsom versus John Cox. Yeah, I, I think we recently switched to a, a top two system. So whatever yeah. first and second are the, the finalists. So that's pretty cool. Good. Even if they're of the same party. Yeah, yeah. Good. well, it's a good opening for third parties as well. Like you were saying, your, your libertarian candidate is high up there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's yeah. happen in the future. Yeah. So who would you say, like, have you decided who you're going to vote for or like who do you more so side with? Or are you going to like write somebody in or go? Who are you going to go? I'm a pretty solid Gavin Newsom backer. Uh, Whenever he said things in the public that generate controversy, I tend to agree with him. Uh, And yeah, just back in 2005, when I visited San Francisco, he ran a really tasty bar. So that's got to be worth something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's mainly that. Um, let me see what other, because I had another issue to talk about. There are like a number of issues here. So the other issue uh, is the immigrant, this, this might be device, but uh, the immigration debate. Mm-hmm. 
because I'm like talking about all the issues from this week. Sure. So what are your thoughts on the current immigration controversy? And what, like, what's your thoughts on immigration in general? So I, well, immigration in general, uh, I, I think it does grow the economy. Uh, we have to watch out for the effects on the lower class and ensure that employers mm-hmm. are paying a fair wage. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's my take on that. Uh, this week's events were really sad to watch. I was kind of, yeah, uh, and it was a little bit head spinning following the kind of the back and forth headlines about what uh, each side was saying about the other. And uh, yeah, it's it, I, I think the unfortunate fact that might have gotten lost in that exchange is that children are being are being separated from their parents. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think it's outrageous too. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on illegal immigration? Like, do you think, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because that tends to be like a lot of what they. Uh, that tends to be a big part of the debate too. So, like, what's your what? What are your thoughts on undocumented? Or I, I should say undocumented sure. immigration. What are your thoughts on undocumented immigration? Well, yeah, and I I think this week shows why liberal activists were trying to change the word from illegal to un- undocumented because it, it's typically viewed as more like a speed limit. These aren't felons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. And that, that was the change that kind of happened this week in our national dialogue that I, I hope doesn't go too far. Uh, it, as far as immigration law goes, um, I mean, it, it, its history, just frankly, is, is pretty racist. Uh, so I, I would hope that we can find other ways to protect worker rights and, and grow our economy. Uh, because mm-hmm. it, if we're blaming outsiders, I, I think it just signals a larger failure in our own national character. Okay. Um, and then also, um, uh, the next issue I was going to talk about was the uh, Inspector General's report. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you heard about, there's like this 500-page um, Inspector General's report that came out, and people are interpreting it differently. Some people are saying that it helps out Trump. Some people are saying that it's it doesn't help out Trump and it just kind of goes to show that um, uh, it just kind of goes to show that they they're what like because this ties into the Russia investigation and everything. Mm-hmm. So some people think that it's just more you know proof of the pudding that something might have been screwy with the elections and other people are saying are arguing because there's like one piece where Peter Strzok says uh, the FBI agent says uh or no, Lisa Page says uh, he, uh, he won't be president, right? And then Peter <laughs> Strzok says, no, we won't let him. I, I remember that text exchange. Yeah, it's it's not the first time we've, we've had these text or email leaks reflect the insider opinions of things. Uh, I did read that that uh, report found no influence on bias in the investigation, the facts of the case, uh, for what that's worth. Okay. But... Um, I think one of the more interesting relevations uh, or revelations <laughs> is, is that uh, James Comey interfered in, in the elections in a way that has not been seen in our history, at least since J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. I think before Comey, it was just standard procedure to say, I can't comment on that. It's an ongoing investigation. The, the idea of yeah. being presumed innocence, right? Uh, so yeah. I just due process. Yeah, I, I was glad that that kind of came out. And then also Comey using his personal email <laughs> to conduct the yeah. investigation was the irony of irony. So Hillary Clinton had a funny tweet on that. Yeah. So um, and, and also, again, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But uh, 
if you want to talk about, do you uh, who did you did you vote for Hillary or did you vote for Trump or? So uh, I, I was uh, pretty firmly behind uh, Bernie in the primaries because of the coming Trump tidal wave, uh, and then once, yeah. once Hillary won the nomination, I, I did uh, try to defend her as best I could. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably listen. I'm a, I'm a libertarian Republican. I probably would have voted for Gary Johnson, although I was 17 at the time, so I couldn't. I was only like a, I was about a year under the age limit of when you're allowed to vote. But I probably would have voted for Gary Johnson. But that's just me. Okay. Um, but uh, the next thing I'm going to talk about is uh, the Texas Republican Party recently changed their party platform. This came out today. This one isn't as heavily talked about, so you probably you may or may not have heard about this. They changed their party platform today, mm-hmm. um, so that because they used to it used to be the Republican Party platform that they used to be against recreation, the decriminalization of recreational cannabis, ah. and now they've changed their platform so that they are in favor of decriminalizing recreational and medical cannabis. So, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, what are your thoughts on? And what are your thoughts on that issue? Because it seems to me like that's not really like a Republican or Democrat issue. Because there are a lot of conservatives and liberals that are uh, for it and a lot of conservatives and liberals that are against uh, legalizing it. So what are you, what, what's your opinion on yeah, that? Yeah, so I, I think this latest change in the Republican platform is one way to try to reach out to you because the division tends to be more generational. Uh, being in California, yeah. I've had been able to witness some recreational marijuana firsthand. Uh, and I have to say, yeah. as far as drugs go, I think it is actually less harmful than alcohol. Um, it does require yeah. a modicum of, I guess, personal responsibility to use it. But then I had a friend who went, put himself through law school while he was high. So <laughs> wow. possible yeah. to be a productive member of society and enjoy life. Yeah, because like, I'm a libertarian, so my... My main stance on this is that while I would never want to take marijuana in my life, um, I think it is – I think overall in a free republic, you should be allowed to put what you want in your body as long as you're not hurting somebody else. But that's just how yeah. I view it. But I think that was all the uh, the issues I had. So uh, thank you for joining oh, sure. me. I'll favor you if all you right. want. Thanks. Pleasure. Bye. Thanks. In just one week, four political pundits will come together on the biggest episode of Politics Weekly yet. It's the Politics Weekly 50th episode event coming July 8th on the Nolan Clearing Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and more. I hope to see the Republican Party assume once again the mantle of being the party of Lincoln. The candidates keep America great. Their story. Yeah, you're always when you're young, you're always patted on the head and told that you're the future. But I'm interested in what you can bring to the present. And their fight for the White House. I'm the most progressive record of anybody running. If you look at Joe's record and you look at my record, I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive. Presidential profiles 2020. How we could actually make this government work, not just for a thin slice at the top, but make it work for everyone else. I think that, sure, if people want to speculate about running mates, I encourage that, because I think that Joe Biden would be a great running mate as vice president.
William Floyd Weld was born in Smithtown, New York on July 31, 1945. Weld's family had a large role in politics. His ancestor, William Floyd was a New York congressman and a signer of the Declaration of Independence. When he grew up, Weld pursued a legal career and was a counsel on Watergate. He worked with a woman named Hillary Rodham. In 1978, he launched his political career by running for Attorney General of Massachusetts. However, he lost to incumbent Democrat Francis Bellotti by a 78-22% to 22 margin. In 1981, Associate Attorney General Rudy Giuliani recommended that President Ronald Reagan appoint Weld to be the U.S. Attorney for Massachusetts. Reagan did so, and Weld immediately got to work, launching an extensive investigation into then-Boston Mayor Kevin White for corruption allegations. The investigation led to 20 employees being indicted. The Boston Globe praised Weld's work. Weld was appointed to the Justice Department where future FBI Director and Special Counsel Head Robert Mueller reported to him. However, Weld resigned in 1988 over the conduct of U.S. Attorney General Edwin Meese. In 1990, Weld ran for governor of Massachusetts. I'm going to be asking that one insistent question. Why should there not be a hearing? Why should one man in a democracy block the conduct of the people's business at the federal level? Weld faced former Congressman Paul W. Cronin and state lawmaker Steve Pierce in the Republican primary. Weld easily won the nomination and faced Democratic Attorney General of Massachusetts John Silber. Massachusetts is a state where Democrats outnumber Republicans by a two-to-one margin and most polls showed silver with a slight lead. In spite of this, Weld ran a moderate campaign, appealing to moderate Democratic voters in the state. The election received national attention, and Weld beat silver by a narrow 50-46%, to making him the first Republican to win a governor's race in Massachusetts since 1970. Weld was extremely fiscally conservative as governor, and managed to at one point receive an A from the Cato Institute, a libertarian think tank. However, he was more liberal on social issues, and supported gun control legislation in the state, and supported abortion rights. Weld became extremely popular, and in 1994, ran for re-election against Democrat Mark Roosevelt, who was his brother-in-law, and was also the great-grandson of President Theodore Roosevelt. Weld beat Roosevelt by a 71 to 23 percent margin, the biggest margin for any candidate running for governor of Massachusetts in history. In late 1995, Weld announced his candidacy for U.S. Senate, challenging incumbent Democratic Senator John Kerry. The race was amongst the most competitive that year. However, Kerry defeated Weld by a 52 to 45 percent margin. In 1997, Democratic President Bill Clinton offered Weld the job of U.S. Ambassador to Mexico. Weld accepted, but Republican North Carolina Senator Jesse Helms blocked his nomination inevitably. Weld fought back, but eventually conceded defeat. By this time, Weld had already resigned as governor. Weld disappeared from the political spotlight until 2006, when he sought the Republican nomination for governor of New York. However, he lost the nomination to former Assemblyman John Faso who lost by a landslide to Democratic New York Attorney General Elliot Spitzer. In 2008, Weld made headlines for his support of Democratic Illinois Senator Barack Obama's campaign for president, something he now claims to regret. In 2012, he supported another former Massachusetts governor, Mitt Romney for president. Romney won the Republican nomination, but lost to Obama.
In 2016, Weld endorsed Ohio Governor John Kosich for the Republican nomination, though he lost the Republican nomination to New York businessman Donald Trump. Weld decided to run for vice president of the United States as a libertarian. Well, I'm here vouching for Mrs. Clinton, and I think it's high time somebody did. Weld joined a ticket with former New Mexico Governor Gary Johnson. Weeks before the election, Weld came under fire for what many viewed as an endorsement of Hillary Clinton's campaign. Clinton was the woman he worked with on the Watergate Council. Ultimately, Trump defeated Clinton, with the Johnson-Weld getting 3% of the vote nationally, a record for the Libertarian Party line. Rumors spread that Weld would run for president as a Libertarian in 2020, however Weld declined, instead opting to run as a Republican, despite previously vowing never to rejoin the party. Now, as the only Republican challenger to Donald Trump, Weld hopes to be America's 46th president. I really think if we have six more years of the same stuff we've had out of the White House the last two years, that would be a, a political tragedy. For more Presidential Profiles 2020, keep it right here on Politics Weekly.